There are seasons in our lives when it is a struggle, when life is like a battle. It can be issues at home that you're dealing with. It can be difficulties in your marriage. It can be a financial burden and, and worries about where the next paycheck's going to come from or, or money to pay the heating bill or money to pay for the next uh, supermarket shop. It can, be, it can be a toxic environment at work that, that you find yourself in. It can be children or teenagers who are playing up and making life very, very difficult. Or it just can be that, that everything seems to be conspiring against you. You know, you, you drop your phone and it smashes its screen and your car breaks down and the boiler stops and life can just sometimes feel like a battle. And the question I want to ask this morning is, how do you, how do we fight the battles of life that we find ourselves in? And I'm going to be really honest, I had another series plan, which we will get to. Um, but I, I felt stirred earlier this week to just preach a mini series, just two weeks, this week and next week, about how I fight my battles as a Christian, how do I fight the struggles and difficulties that there are in this world? So we're going to look at a well-known Bible story, which I believe and hope over the next two weeks will really help us with this question. This is how I fight my battle. So let me set the scene. The scene is from 1 Samuel chapter 17. The scene is a bit like this. The king comes out of his tent and he sniffs the morning air. Breakfast hasn't settled yet in his stomach and he looks out over the valley. He sees all the tents. He sees the fires and the cooking pots. And then he realizes it won't be long until the voice comes again. How many days does that make it? He says to his aide standing at his side. 40 days, sire. Then, right on time, a loud, booming voice comes across the valley. Why don't you just line up for battle? Or are you not too afraid? All the soldiers in the Israelite army tremble. The man who was shouting was a giant, a brute of a man. He was scarred and weather-beaten from a hundred battles. He stood nine feet tall. A bronze helmet rested on his head. A massive coat of armor covered his body. A bronze javelin was slung on his back and he gripped a huge long spear. His shield bearer stood beside him, grinning. This giant looked impenetrable. The giant seemed undefeatable. Let's read verses 8 to 11, 1 Samuel 17. Goliath stood and shouted to the ranks of Israel, Why do you come out and line up for battle? Am I not a Philistine? Are you not the servants of Saul? Choose a man and have him come down to me. If he is able to fight and kill me, we will become your subjects. But if I overcome him and kill him, 
you will become our subjects and servants. Then the Philistines said, this day I defy the armies of Israel. Give a man, give me a man and let us fight each other. On hearing the Philistines' words, Saul and all the Israelites were dismayed and terrified. Any reply, sir? The aide asked the king, but King Saul ignored the question. There was no reply because nobody in the Israelite army would take on this giant. Everyone in the camp knew that it would lead to defeat. So that's a no then, shouts Goliath and spits on the ground. You lot are worthless, absolutely powerless and weak, just like your God. And with that, Goliath and his shield bearer trumped off back to the Philistine camp. And Saul went back into his tent, defeated for one more day. You see, many of us, many of us find ourselves in a similar predicament where we face giants and we face challenges and we face battles and we feel like King Saul and the Israelite army. We feel defeated. We feel worn down. We feel powerless. We feel like there is no hope and no way through. Day after day, if we're honest, we're robbed of our joy. We're robbed of our power. We try different approaches, but nothing seems to work. So we come back to the question, how do we fight our battle? The good news is this. The good news is that it's not God's plan for you to live with demoralizing failure. And no matter how many battles you may have lost, no matter how many times you have tried and failed, God says today you can be victorious. No battle is impossible. God's power and strength can defeat even the biggest giant in your life. So like I said, I want to take this well-known story of David and Goliath and learn from this story over the next two weeks how we can fight our battles. Just before we get to that, just want to just throw one thought out there. I was thinking about this this week. You have to think Goliath wasn't always nine feet tall. I don't know if you ever thought about that. The, 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 The giant Goliath wasn't born a nine feet baby. I mean, that would just be disgusting. But, you know, he he wasn't born, okay, you should have seen the mother, but he wasn't born a, a nine feet baby. He grew and he grew and he grew and he grew. And it just got me thinking that, that some of the battles we face, some of the giants in our lives, not all of them, but, but some of them are things that grow, things that grow and grow and grow. They start small. It starts as a small issue. It starts as a small giant. It starts as a small battle, but over time it grows and it grows and the stranglehold and the influence over our life becomes huge. It starts with a small fear. It starts with a small habit. It starts, but then it grows and it grows 
and it grows to a giant of addiction or a giant of fear or a giant of wanting approval. Now, on the cross, Jesus won the ultimate victory so that you and I can live victorious lives. We can see giants defeated. We can see battles won. So how? How do we fight our battles? Verse 16 tells us, For 40 days the Philistines came forward and took his stand morning and evening. For 40 days the Israelites were defeated and demoralized. And then a young boy called David took some lunch, took some packed lunch, took some food to his three brothers who were fighting on the front line. And let's pick up the story in verse 23, 1 Samuel 17. As he was talking with them, that's David, Goliath, the Philistine champion from Gath, stepped out from his lines and shouted his usual defiance. And David heard it. Whenever the Israelites saw the man, they all fled from him in great fear. Now the Israelites had been saying, do you see how this man keeps coming out? He comes out to defy Israel. As he, the king, will give great wealth to the man who kills him. He will also give him his daughter in marriage and will exempt his family from taxes in Israel. David asked the men standing near him, what will be done for the man who kills this Philistine and removes this disgrace from Israel? Who is this uncircumcised Philistine that he should defy the armies of the living God? They repeated to him what they had been saying and told him, this is what will be done for the man who kills him. David says, I'll fight. David says, who is this overgrown joker, this uncircumcised Philistine? I will take him on and will defeat him. I'll fight him and knock him out. I'll fight him and win the battle. He wants to know there what his reward will be. Now, if you think about it as a boxing match, it is absolutely crazy. In the red corner, we have a skinny little boy with just his tunic and a couple of stones and not much experience. And in the blue corner, we have this hardened fighter, this highly trained, highly skilled warrior who crushes all before him. In a boxing fight, it would have been called completely unequal and impossible. But David shows us how to fight. So I want to pick out three things. Three things about how we fight our battles. Number one, battles are won in the wilderness. Let's read verses 34 to 37. But David said to Saul, your servant has been keeping his father's sheep. When a lion or a bear came and carried off a sheep from the flock, I went after it. I struck it and rescued the sheep from its mouth. When it turned on me, I seized it by its hair, struck it, and killed it. Your servant has killed the lion and the bear. This uncircumcised Philistine will be like one of them because he has defied the armies of the living God. 
The Lord who rescued me from the paw of the lion and the paw of the bear will rescue me from the hand of this Philistine. Saul said to David, go and the Lord be with you. Now, in the previous verses, Eliab, David's brother, was very angry at David. He was angry at David volunteering to fight. There are a number of reasons for that. One was because Eliab would have been expected to be the one anointed to be king when the prophet Samuel arrived at his house. But it was David who was anointed in the previous chapter to be king one day. So, so Eliab was, was angry at that and jealous of his brother being anointed. So, so David had to deal with rejection from his brother. Then, as we've heard, Saul then dismisses David as, well, not being ready to fight and too young. But David's reply tells us something incredibly important. David's reply tells us that battles are won in the wilderness. You see, David knew the struggle, the danger of protecting his father's sheep from the lion and the bear. He had demonstrated boldness and strength and courage. In the hiddenness of the wilderness, with no one watching, David had won the battle that he faced with Goliath. You see, the defeat of Goliath was the fruit of the battle that David had won in the wilderness when no one was watching. David had built his strength. He had built his confidence. He had built his authority in obscurity. When no one was watching, he had defeated the lion. He had defeated the bear. He knew that God was with him. He knew that his authority and power was given to him by the Lord God. That's why he could say in verse 36, this uncircumcised Philistine is nothing before me because I have won the battle in the wilderness. I have grown in the strength of the Lord and I know that victory is mine. And there's a biblical truth to this. There's a biblical truth to knowing that Jesus, sorry, there's a biblical truth to knowing that battles are won in the wilderness. Because Jesus exhibits it in his, in his ministry. He went to the wilderness for 40 days. He went out of the public view. And there he was tempted three times by Satan. But he did the wilderness full of the Holy Spirit and began his three years of ministry and miracles. The battle had been won in the wilderness, in the obscurity, with no one watching, to then be released in the public realm. In the Garden of Gethsemane, the battle for the cross was won. The battle for Jesus going to the cross and dying in our place was won in the garden when no one was watching, whether when his friends had gone to sleep, when he sweated blood, that was the moment the battle was won. There's a biblical precedent. There's a biblical truth that the battles are won in the wilderness. Now, wilderness can mean many different things. Wilderness can mean a tough time that you might be going through. 
A wilderness can mean a period of waiting or a period of obscurity where, where no one notices you. But the important point is this. Times in your life when the camera isn't watching is when the battles are won. Moses had 40 years in the wilderness being prepared and winning the battle to come to Pharaoh and say, let my people go. In the battles and giants we face, the wilderness of obscurity, the quiet days, the day when no one is watching, what we do with our time when we wake up, what we do with our time before we go to bed, the time in our lives when no one is watching, those are the times when the battle is won. No one saw David defeat the lion and the bear, but it gave him great confidence. It gave him great power. It gave him great authority to then come and defeat Goliath. So let me challenge you. What goes on in your life when no one is looking? Do you pray? Do you read scripture to strengthen and equip yourself when no one is looking? Are you faithful in the small, in your attitudes to your family, your attitudes to work colleagues, your attitudes to friends when no one is watching? Because I tell you, it's in that wilderness, it's those times in your life away from the camera, in that obscurity that you will build up the strength like David to come and then defeat the giants, to then come and win your battles. Battles won in the wilderness. The battle to defeat Goliath was won by David when he defeated the lion's and the best. Okay, secondly, battles are won when we fight God's way. Let's read verses 38 to 40. Then Saul dressed David in his own tunic. He put a coat of armor on him and a bronze helmet on his head. David fastened his sword over the tunic and tried walking around because he was not used to them. I cannot go in these, he said, because I'm not used to them. So he took them off. Then he took his staff in his hand. He chose five smooth stones from the stream. He put them in the pouch of his shepherd's bag and with his sling in his hand, he approached the Philistine. Saul tried to put his armor on David, but it didn't fit. He wanted David to fight his way, Saul's way, the conventional way. Now, so often we try to fight our battles with the advice and the plans and the ideas of other people. Oh, uh, my friend told me this is the way to fight this battle in my life. Oh, oh, the world tells me that the way to deal with this issue in my life is to buy this self-help book, is to use this particular technique. 
is to adopt this stance, is that it's mind over matter. But God says, my way is very different. We're to fight our battles accepting our limits, accepting our weaknesses. It's God and me that together can win the battle. You see, so often we try to be something else. We try to be someone else. It seems to us foolishness that God, you can use me to win the battle. But that's the way that God does it. He wants us to be weak and vulnerable so he can be powerful and get the glory. Picking up five stones with a sling in God's hand and God's power leads to victory. God wants your weakness and your vulnerability. The whole of scripture is weak people, mighty God. That's the whole of the Bible. You can sum up the Bible and say it's a bunch of misfits and weak people, but a mighty God. That's the way that God says he wants us to fight our battles. Paul says the foolish things of the world are there to shame the wise. That's God's way. That's what God wants us to do, to come to him in our vulnerability with what we have, our, our sling and our stones. You say, well, I haven't got a spear. I haven't got a sword. I haven't got armor. I'm not well trained. God says, doesn't matter. Bring to me who you are. Bring to me your weaknesses, your frailties and everything before me. And then me and you together, we can win this battle. The minute you try and put yourself in someone else's shoes, the minute you try and put someone else's armor on, the minute you try and be someone else, you won't win the battle. It seems upside down, but in God's kingdom, it's the right way around. How do you fight battles? You fight battles God's way. A way of vulnerability, the way of weakness, the way that seems like you have nothing to offer. Third thing, third way, that battles are won. Battles are won when we realize that Jesus is the victor. You see, many of us here are Christians and many of us believe that giants can fall. We believe that the power of God can overcome. We believe that, that we are victorious. But this is how we often approach it. I'll be honest, this is how I often approach it. David won the victory. So I can win the victory. David took down the giant. So I can take down the giant. Be like David. Fight and stand strong. And victory is yours. That's how we often think. We think like that and we think, I can do this. The more courage I have, the more discipline I have, the more that I am godly and holy, the more battles I will win and the, the more victories I will see in my life. But 
what happens when we do that? What happens is this. We get brave for a little while. We try hard for a few days and see a few breakthroughs and think things go well. But then we lose a few battles. And a giant remains. And then we feel downcast. We feel disappointed. And we give up. We become like the Israelite army. This is so important. Do you know who David is in the story? David is not you in the story. No. David is Jesus in the story. David is Jesus in the battle. Jesus is the giant killer. Jesus is the one who wins our battles and defeats Satan and defeats the giants and circumstances that we face. You see, when you grasp hold of this, this is wonderful. This is glorious and liberating. You are not David. I am not David. No, it is Jesus that fights my battles. It is Jesus that that wins with the impossible odds that you may be facing. It is Jesus who takes up his sling, puts a stone in it, swings it around and knocks out the giant. The giant falls. The giant is defeated. The battle is won because of the work of Jesus Christ. Now, yes, we are called to participate in that. We are called to align ourselves with the word of God and the work of God and to be obedient and and, and to follow certain promptings. But it's Jesus who wins the battle. It's Jesus. You see, the whole of the Bible points not to our abilities, but to Jesus being victorious. Every page of scripture is to show us that Jesus is the one in whom there is the victory. I mean, David is a wonderful king. David defeats Goliath. David wins wonderful battles, but he is not perfect. And it's all pointing to the perfect David who is to come, and that is Jesus Christ. Everything changes in our lives when we realize that into the valley floor, into the valley of Elah, into the valley where the Goliath is taunting us, where the battle is about to be fought, Jesus walks in on our behalf. Everything changes. David did not have the victory in battle because he had the best armor. He did not have the victory in battle because He had the best army. No, David had victory because he trusted in God. He knew that God would fight his battles. That's how we're to be like David. To know that Jesus is our victor. To know that the grace of God wins our battles. It's so liberating. When we understand that. It's so freeing. When we understand that. That Jesus. 
wins my battles. That Jesus fights my giants. That Jesus comes and transforms everything because he is the name above all names. Battle is a part of life. It's not that you become a Christian and the battles disappear. No, no, battles are part of life. They're part of the challenge of living in a broken world. What we need to know is how we fight those battles. And I hope looking at the story of David and Goliath, which we'll conclude next week as a little two-parter, will help you to say that I fight my battles and my battles are won in the wilderness when no one is watching. When I'm praying and reading my Bible, when I'm overcoming a, a temptation or a thought that is cast out of my mind, I am winning and I am growing in strength and the battles that I may face in the day are being won in the wilderness. And it is not the world's way or my way or man's way, but it is God's way. The upside down, here I am, vulnerable, here I am with all my faults, here I am, all I have before you, Lord, is just a couple of stones and just a little sleep. Here I am, Lord. But together with the Lord, together there is power that will defeat even the greatest giants that you face. And most of all, we fight our battles when we realize that Jesus is the victor. Jesus is David. Jesus is on your side. And whatever battle you may be facing this week, whether a multiple of battles on a multiple of fronts, whether, whether a giant of work, whether a giant of addiction, whether a giant of fear, rejection, whatever you may be facing, it is Jesus who will give you victory. It is Jesus who will defeat that giant and win that battle on your behalf. That's the grace of God. That's the, that's the wonderful thing that we enjoy. We enjoy the benefits of Jesus' victory on the cross. I wonder if uh, Jonathan and Letitia could come up. In a moment, we're going to worship, and we're really going to use worship this morning as a way of receiving and battling and going to work in the heavens. We're going to use worship and the couple of songs that, that we're going to sing to, to really bring home the message that I have brought this morning. Because we need to be proactive in putting this into practice. And I want to pray as we go into worship in a moment that there would be breakthrough this morning. Why don't you stand? I'm going to pray for us all. And then Jonathan and Katisha will lead us. We'll leave a little bit of space to worship and do battle with worship and do battle by what we sing and how we respond and what we declare in the heavens. But let me pray first. Father God, Life can be tough. Life can be full of battles. Life can be full of ups and downs. It can be full of 
defeats. It can be full of feeling rubbish. It can be like the Israelites did for 40 days, feeling just hopeless, feeling defeated, feeling like we have nothing to bring. But Lord, with you, Lord Jesus, we can fight our battles. With you, Lord Jesus, we can see victory. With you, Lord Jesus, we can see Goliath fall. With you, Lord Jesus, there is a way through. Because, Lord, all authority in heaven and on earth is in you and through you. Lord, I want to pray over the next few minutes as we worship, as we sing. I want to pray, Lord Jesus, for fresh faith to be released to this church, to this wonderful group of people. I want to pray for fresh faith for the battles we face outside of these doors. I want to pray for fresh encouragement and a fresh perception for the battles we go to as we go from here. Come, Lord Jesus. We welcome you into this time as we worship and as we sing. Lord, would you do a mighty work? Would you powerfully be at work? Would you remind us of the truth that Jesus wins our battles? That Jesus is our David. Let's worship our encouraging. Just use this worship time as a time to receive and to fight with truth and 